Okay, so we are uh, towards the end of letter five. This is a big one. Um, and we're based, he's basically setting up what it's, it's called education. And again, continuing on his theme. And, and, and again, it gets a little bit repetitive, but to understand, most important, the overall idea of that a person is created to be part of this world, to take from the world in order to contribute, to be a person who elevates this world, to use his talents and the time and place that he is to, 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 you know, to be part of this tremendous tapestry of the universe. But to do so, like everything in the world, everything in the world Hashem put in this world <clears throat> is part of the overall picture of, of the world, right? Every, every creation, every force, right? Um, it's all part of Hashem's, this beautiful tapestry of what we would call of the world. But a human being who is the greatest, the most powerful, but also he was given free will, right? And Hashem basically allows him to not follow the law. Every creation, right, has laws that it follows, but it has to do so. It's compelled. It has no choice, right? And uh, a dog has no choice about who it's going to marry on its own in nature, right? Naturally, it's going to be attracted to whatever it's attracted to. And that's what Hashem wants it. If the dog wants a certain food, Hashem wants him to eat it. Only human beings are attracted to certain things, right? So they very, very much want to eat bacon and eggs, right? But Hashem says, you cannot eat it. Why? Because I said so. And that's the only reason, right? That's the Eitz Hadas Taivarah, right? The, uh, why? This is a beautiful tree. It looks good. It smells good. It, it tastes delicious. It makes sense to eat it, right? It's like, uh, you know, according to Chazal, that it was wheat, we said, but whatever it was, it was something which made a lot of sense and was delicious to eat and Adam really wanted to eat it. But Hashem says, don't eat it, right? You have free will, you have choice. Right? You cannot listen to Hashem. You, the fact that you want to do it, even though Hashem says not to, that's your Bechira, right? If there was something instinctive in you that says don't eat it, but then already you don't have Bechira. Bechira means that you want to, but you can choose not to. And so what is good in this world, what is Taiv, is to listen to Hashem, and what is Ra, is not to listen to Hashem. And that's it. Right? So now, Adam eats from the Eitz Adas. Adam eats from the Eitz Adas. So now, Hashem reveals himself as the judge, though also as father and teacher. So here's very important, right? He is the judge, who did not the world and all that contained belong to him. What does it mean Hashem is the judge, right? We use the word Elikim. Elikim, we call it the Midas Haddin. What does that mean, right? Hashem created the world with the name of Elikim. What does that mean? Very practical. Elikim is the plural of the word Ela, of these, right? It's, it's everything is from, Hashem created everything, right? So Hashem creates everything. Hashem put the creation in and set limits for it. Hashem wants this to be here, this to be here, the sun to go here, the moon to go here, this you know, chemical reaction to take place under these circumstances, and this one under those, this animal should want this, this plant should do that, etc., etc. Right? That's all Elohim, the Eila, all of these. They're all from Hashem. Hashem created all this. Right? So that means that Hashem created man, and just like there are limits on animal, plant, and uh, inanimate thing behavior, just like there's limits on the planets, right? Earth goes in its nice orbit, but doesn't uh, have the orbit of Mars. There's limits on everything. So there's limits on human behavior. Hashem gave us free will, but Hashem set those limits. Those are the laws that Hashem says. So if you don't listen to them, well, then you violated Hashem's law, right? Then justice demands that uh, we get rid of you, right? Just like, you know, Kiviyachal, if an animal starts acting erratically, well, I mean, there's something wrong, right? If a human being starts acting out of the limits of what Hashem said, Hashem gave him free will, but you act out of those limits, well, then you're, you're done. That, that, that's, what, that's, that's the idea of Midas Hadid. Right? It's not like, oh, Hashem is a Midas Hadin, right? It's, it's the natural consequence of Hashem being the one to create the laws, 
setting everything in its time and place, you violated it, well then you're in, you're in violation, right? Do not our power and prerogative to acquire wealth and to partake of its pleasures derive from him and him alone, right? Everything comes from Hashem. Hashem gave it to us. By misusing this power just once, just by once extending our hand to forbidden fruit, have we not surely forfeited any claim to our presence on earth? All right, you listen, this, this, is what I, this is what you're here for. You're done, you know, we're going to put you down. It's time to go, right? On the day on which you disregard the prohibition, you have forfeit your life, declares the judge's warning given to man in advance. Hashem is the judge. Hashem says, I put you in this world for a mission. I'm giving you the choice, but you choose not, even if it's just once, right? Okay, you're, you're out. You know what I mean? It's like a... You know, imagine you, know, you hire someone, you know, I'm stealing from the company just once. Hey, you're stealing, you're out, right? This is, this is, uh, this is not, this is, this, you don't belong here, right? You don't belong here. If, if the, uh, you know, the, uh, the animal just once you know, eats the circus guy, okay, we're not using you in the circus anymore, right? It's like, you're out, right? Hashem created the world, Hashem put those limits, you violated those limits, you're off the team, you're off the team, right? And that's what Mice Thomas means that you're, you're right to die. Hashem's saying that you're high of Misa, but... Hashem does not inflict this penalty on his wayward child, like a father, right? Because if a kid misbehaves, then what happens, right? You don't just send, put the kid up for adoption, right? Sometimes I threaten my kids that I'm going you know, to <laughs> call the adoption agency when they misbehave, you know, as a joke, you know, I'm going to sell you on eBay, right? That's not what Hashem is a father, right? You misbehave, he wants to educate him. And this is very important. Now, right, Hashem says, you ate from the Eitz okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to educate you. This begins the new era of man of education. Adam in Gan Eden was, uh, was living in, the, in, we don't understand it fully, was in living in some sort of utopia where everything went well. Everything he did, he was successful, right? He planted, things grew. Everything was wonderful. It was a very, very wonderful life. And he had to keep the mitzvahs, but he did it. So Hashem takes him out of Gan Eden, not as a punishment, but as a means of education. Now man's road to pleasure is made more difficult. Hashem made life more difficult, right? Planting now becomes very difficult, right? It's, we're no longer at the stage where a person invests and bracha happens, right? Everything now becomes more painful, right? In order to discourage him from indulging his animal desires and to bend his pride, right? Because by having life more difficult, right? By having life more difficult, what does that do? That humbles a person. That, that, that tells him that you can't just do what you want, right? You're not just going to be able to get whatever you want, right? Life is going to bite back, right? Parnassah is going to be difficult, Earning a partner is going to be difficult. What does that teach a person? That humbles him, right? That life is not just about you, right? It makes a person more modest. Right? He, is to, he is to be led to himself and upward to God. He's to be led to himself, back to what his true purpose is, right? To Hashem, by making him conscious of the fact that his power is limited and that his purpose and his greatness must be found in something higher than that which is so easily given and so easily taken away. If the purpose of life is money and power, well, it's very hard to get it. And even if you get it, it's so easy to lose. This, this, how could this be the purpose of life? How could this be what life should be about if it's such a miserable and difficult thing? Right? Parnassa is so hard. Right? Living life and surviving in this world is so difficult. Clearly, that can't be the purpose, right? To say that a person's purpose of life is to just, you know, is, is, is uh, right? And again, and, you know, again, we'll talk about it more a little bit later when we come to Eretz Yisrael, and the Chorban is going to have the same idea, right? We came to Eretz Yisrael because ultimately the goal isn't that we should have to suffer in order to serve Hashem, but that we should be able to serve Hashem without suffering. Adam in Gan Eden, originally, the ideal is that everything's going great for you, and yet you still serve Hashem. That didn't work, and so Hashem had to punish us and take us out of Gan Eden, right? But here's the key. In the same way we, every one of us, are being trained even today, right? Yesurim, what is the Lashon of Yasar? Of her says, it comes from the word Yatsar. Yatsar means to form. 
Yisurim is Hashem forming us. Right? Hashem is not punishing us like in a sadistic way. It's Musr. It's trying to lead us in the right direction. Hashem's fatherly education speaks to us through our own experiences. Right? We enter this temporal world in purity, capable of reaching the highest degree of human greatness. Right? Your individual circumstances, a particular hour, place, surroundings, parents, brothers and sisters, the measure of mental and physical abilities, the material means that mark your birth, the particular teachers, acquaintances and friends you are allowed to find. A person's life, you know what that is when a person? It is these form the Aden in which Hashem placed you. Every person, even today, is born into his Gan Eden, Right? He's born into a place and time with the circumstances that he will be able to accomplish exactly what he's meant to accomplish. Be able to serve Hashem in exactly the way Hashem wants him to be, wants, wants this person to serve him. Right? Every person is, bur- is born into Gan Eden. Now the only difference is, Gan Eden, things went easily which led Adam to sin. Right? Out of Gan Eden, it's more difficult. But you're still in Gan Eden. Well, the, the, in other words, what Hirsch here is rejecting the idea that Many Rishonim say, you know, this is Rishonim, and certainly the Bali Kabbalah later on, who placed a very strong emphasis on the Adam Kaidem Achet and the Adam Achar Achet. That something fundamentally changed. And I'm talking about the Rambam and the Ramban. This is where, and Rav Hirsch is going with other Rishonim that, that don't hold like this. Rav Hirsch says nothing changed in Adam. What changed is in the world. The land, the ground, that's what's cursed. And now it's going to be more difficult to produce. But nothing changes in the fundamental element of Adam. Adam is still born exactly, in, exactly with the circumstances that will allow him to accomplish that whatever he's meant to accomplish. Right? Adam doesn't change. Right? Again, like I said, you know, the, Ramban is, the Ramban is a very shver Ramban. The Ramban learns that you know, after, Ganeide, after the Eitz Adas, there's something changed and Chet and subjectivity. Rav Hirsch is, is, I mean, his concern you have to understand also is, is in Lahavdal, because again, this is something which is discussed in the Malay Kabbalah, you know, the Darach Hashem, and so Rafersh is certainly giving a different perspective. Practically, it doesn't matter that much, but in, in the terms of Ashkafa, right? Rafersh says, like, the Christians place a very strong emphasis, right, on original sin. Right? This is their doctrine, which basically, you had Adam, original sin, now man is cursed, evil enters into him, and now he's done, right? He cannot ever, ever achieve Aden other than in the next world, and therefore he has to embrace whatever it is in order to get to, to that world. That's the idea. Man is cursed and everything bad comes because of original sin. And you can never ever achieve what you did before. Remember says, no, that's not true. You can exactly achieve exactly what Adam achieved. Life is more difficult in order to help you achieve that. Right? But you are, every one of us is born in Tegan Eden. Whether you were born in a shtetl in Europe with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with the most difficult financial circumstances and forced conversions and Cossacks and everything, or you're born into Lakewood in 2022 into a wealthy, successful community, that is your Gan Eden. Whether your parents are this or your parents are that, whether you went to this school or that school, you are in the Gan Eden that Hashem chose for you. But in order to teach you not to forget him in your pride, and not to attach yourself to objects, not to serve the physical, right? Right? Is it, right? Suffering enters your life. Hashem gives tzara. What is the point of tzara? It's in order to train you. It is meant to turn you back upon yourself, right? You see people, you know, Leolani, when people are sick, right? And you feel this, you know, when Aaron talks about this, you know, when a person, towards the end of his life, and there's something, that person can be ill for many years, and it's a very, very, right? One, one of the, one of the, the things that, that it does is that it, it causes you to focus less on physical. You begin to realize that physical world is actually, you know, and it's almost like a kapara as you, as you, you know, to get you prepared for the next world where physical is nothing, right? This is this idea is that suffering is meant, sorrows are meant to remind you what's actually important, 
right? When, you, when a person suffers financial, right? You realize, oh my gosh, you know, I had that experience a few years ago where I, I was working for a company and then, you know, I, basically they sent me packing. It was very, very, it was a traumatic experience for me for a lot of reasons. But like, I remember in the months afterwards, I was learning a lot more. I was like learning Musser and like davening was better because I, it was the Hakkar, right? It's like, you know, unfortunately when people experience Saras, right, it brings them, when I say unfortunately is that the fact that we need it in order to bring us closer to Hashem, but that's the reality, right? Now Yiddishkeit demands that we serve Hashem not just through suffering, right? In fact, you know, like, like you, know, uh, you know, Misa is the worst thing, right? That's Tumah. Tumah's got to stay out of the base of Mikdash. The ideal coming to Hashem is not, you know, through, through sickness and illness. Those are all puzzled, right? We need to be, the ideal is that we should be healthy and successful. The kind other was rich. That's the ideal. But sometimes in order to get there, right, we need to go through suffering. Right? This is the, the Pasuk says that Hashem uh, and he put it right? This, uh, right? the, 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 the rotating sword. This is the rotating sword of suffering and, suffering and misery which protects the way to life. In other words, Hashem gives suffering in order to make sure that we'll be able to find our way back to Eden. Right? So suffering is, is doesn't mean because of you as a punishment but for your sake. Hashem is cursing the land for Adam's benefit. It is meant, right? It's meant to turn you back to yourself. It calls out to you that everything, parents and family, friends and acquaintances, wealth and possessions, body and mind, all were given to you, put at your disposal by Hashem, but they are not you. That's not what you are. Everything, right? You are you. You are to be taught that everything you have is only a means lent to you to better to strive for the fulfillment of Hashem's will. Right? Even your family, even everything in your life, that's not you. You are a person who's meant to serve Hashem, and everything that was given to you is just a means to that end. Right? And so we can never ever attach importance to anything other than us and our Avaidus Hashem. However, man's freedom delays the success of his educational process. Right? Labor fosters man's pride, and he calls his the soil that is rendered fertile by the sweat of his brow. He says, ironically, the fact that now we have to work so much has an, brings another set of problems. It could cause us to be humble, but also now that we, we work and we are successful, it's like, oh, this is mine, right? What's Chava's first child, right? She had a very difficult pregnancy, right? right? What does she call it? Kayin, Kanisi, right? It's mine. And she was Kainit, right? This is, uh, she takes credit for her child, right? Only later on, I've heard of her in Beratius, there's so little about the first, you know, 1,500 years of creation. Rav Hirsch learns, right, almost everything we know about it is from their names, right? We have 10 generations from Adam to Nayach, Nayach to Avram. All we know about them pretty much is their names. Here and there, we get a little snippet about what happened, but it was mostly names. And Rav Hirsch darshans the names a lot in Beratius. Right, Kain is Kanisi, this was a little bit of pride. And then she eventually realized that Hevel, no, this is all Hevel. And she goes through, you know, it's a very interesting uh, discussion about the names, right? But those, you know, because by, uh, you know, I, I, always, I always say, right, there's, there's no atheist in a mansion, right? The guys that are being very wealthy, oh, they love to talk about, oh, it's all from Hashem, it's all from Hashem. But, uh, you know, between me and you, you know, they, they, they love to give, uh, the guy that made a few bucks, he's already giving business advice, he's going on the podcast and telling everyone how he did it because when a person's successful, because it's so hard, you begin to think that you're smarter than you are. So on the one hand, having, having a, you know, a daily surviving be difficult, you know, trains a person, makes a person humble because he realizes that this is not everything and you can lose it in a second. But at the same time, when a person is successful, he can begin to attach importance to it. He's like, oh, look what I did. Look what I built. 
right? The need to provide for his physical necessities also takes up a larger part of his life and puts added emphasis. So now also, it's so hard to earn a panasa, so now you're spending 10 hours a day working, I'll begin to think, oh, right, what's the first question that you meet a guy? Oh, what do you do, right? Because this is what you are, right? What do you do? It's, 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 it takes up most of your day, right? He comes to see himself only the animal and considers his mind as only a tool for gratifying its desires. The human within man sinks even lower, right? So instead, so again, Hashem puts the person out of that makes life difficult, but then eventually that leads to its own set of problems. The first person had the Nephilim, right? The first has a very also, the last parak in Bereshus, where it talks about the Bnei Holikim and the Bnei Sa'ada marrying. And he gives a very interesting shout over there. But the Nephilim, right? He says, you know, when people are, are purely focused on physical, right? So they're, they, they become stronger and more, right? When a, person, right? when a person is more involved in the spiritual, you're weaker, right? Your body, you, 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 t- you attach less importance to the physical. You become a shvacher person, right? So he says... The Nephilim, these were big giants. In other words, that the people were very, very, very big physically because they were focused on the physical, right? He focused on the physical. We'll leave the racist comments, uh, you know, about the Africans. Uh, we'll leave that out for now. But, uh, right, but the idea that, you know, when a person, and he has, he has the two families. There was the, the Kayan's family, which he calls the B'nai Adam. There was uh, Shays' family, which was the B'nai Alekim. Oh, it's an interesting discussion there. But, you know, you, you become, you know, since you, you, most of your day is spent at work, you begin to identify with your job. That's, you know, that's what you're doing most of the day. That which might still have lifted him up. The recognition of Hashem as the ruler and father and of all else as serving Hashem, that recognition has already previously grown dim. For as soon as man ceased to look upon himself merely as the guardian and administrator of the earth and endeavored instead to carry out his own will, not Hashem's, right? So man begins to do his own, right? As soon as he ceased to be Hashem's servant, he also ceased to look upon the powerful forces around him as Hashem's servants. And soon, and soon came to consider them independent powers, obedient only to themselves, aspiring to, to possessions, enjoyment, and domination. Just like Adam himself wasn't focused entirely on Hashem, well, so too everything in the world around him wasn't from Hashem. Right? Just like Adam's pursuing his own selfish needs, so the son is also has its own independent power, and everything in the world has its own independent power. Right? This is, this is Rav Hirsch's account for, for Abay Dazara. Right, this is this is uh, this is Abay Dazara, right? Is that once you no longer look at yourself as a servant of Hashem, well, then everything is detached from Hashem, right? The Rambam gives a you know different idea that it started more of a l'shem shemayim, right? Refers you know learns very simple, right? Once you no longer look at yourself as a servant of Hashem, then well, there's no Hashem. Okay, so then why should that thing be a servant of Hashem? If Hashem doesn't give me, doesn't tell me what to do, then Hashem doesn't tell the son what to do, right? These are independent, right? He no longer discerns the law of the only one to which they are all subservient, right? I don't have to follow Hashem's law, neither does the son. To his eyes, the world came to be divided into many deities as there were many forces at work. Right? Just like, you know, different types of people, they're all, they have their own goals. Every creation has its own God, it's its own independent entity doing what it wants. To his mind, the sun didn't shine, nor the thunder roll, the lightning flash, the earth deck itself in green, the stone roar, living things reproduce their kind because they had to, right? It's, but because they wished to, they had their own will, right? Just like I have my own will, everything has its own will. For he himself had banished consciousness of law from his own heart. Right? Once, once, once man gets rid of Hashem in his life, well then there's no Hashem in the whole world, and all of a sudden you have a world of superstition and Avaidizara, and everything is a god, everything has power, and if you want to get anything done, you have to please it, because Adam knows that in his own life, that's the way it is, right? If you want the... Now man, striving only for possessions and pleasures, becomes a slave to the forces from whom he thinks he obtains these possessions and enjoyments, and he bends his knee to them, right? You begin to serve these forces, Right? Because again, you know, uh, you, know you, you need the sun, so let's serve the sun. You need rain, let's serve the rain. You want this, you want that. Right? You want power, you've got to serve the gods of power. 
Right? These are all their own independent powers, and let's begin to serve them. And this is Dar Enosh. It's very interesting, is that the Pasuk by Enosh says that, uh, that Az Hucha Likre B'Shem Hashem. And the Rishayim all give different pshatim there. Rav Hirsch, this is one of the few places that Rav Hirsch brings from, uh, from his Rebbe, Chacham Isaac Bernays. Right? Because it sounds very good. It's a good thing. Right? During the days of Anish, they began to call on the name of Hashem. That's a very positive. Right? What's the problem with that? Avram Avinu was Kara B'Shem Hashem. That's, a, that's why is that, Chazal say that Anish was a bad thing. Right? So Rav Hirsch says, you know, you never had to call B'Shem Hashem because Hashem was apparent to everyone everywhere, right? When Mashiach, when Asad Lavai, Umalahar is Deas Hashem. It's going to be filled, Kamayim Liyam There's no need to call B'Shem Hashem. The fact that we need to start calling B'Shem Hashem and start doing Kiriv, right? And start telling everyone B'Shem Hashem and reminding everyone, oh, this is from Hashem, right? That means that the, that, has, the, the, that the knowledge of Hashem didn't permeate the world anymore, right? That was a down step for the world because that means that, you know, it's like, it's like everything in life, right? It's like, you know, there's a certain standard. And once you have to start fighting the Meshuganas, you're already, that's already, right? even, yeah, we're going to go now and uh, we're, going to, we're going to fight against uh, this, whatever this movement is. Pick your, pick your choice of liberal movements. We're going to fight them and we're going to win. The fact that you have to fight it already is, is, is already the problem, right? You know what I mean? It's, uh, that's already, that's already, you already lost the battle because you've now introduced an element where now we have to, right? every, every new thing that you have to prove, right? we have to prove that marriage is right, we have to prove that male and females are correct, we have to prove this, have to, right? Everything, we're fighting New York State. All right, it's already, okay, we can win this battle, but it's, we've already allowed the idea to, to be part of the world, which is already, you know, in the end, becoming aware of the power of his own desires, he worships even these, right? So a person begins to worship his own desires, right? Okay, you, you know, you realize, hey, I, I have a desire for something. Oh, that's great, right? And since he no longer sees all the surrounding creations as serving one encompassing world, right? And lusting entities, and no longer finds his own desire for power and lust beneath him, but considers it a divine goal worthy of human striving, right? It's like, it used to be, right? You, have your, you see your desire for pick your tayev or whatever it is. Wow, that's amazing. The fact that I want to do it, great, right? Just like everything else is a God of love, okay? So my, my, my love and my lust, Great, that's wonderful, right? You're not embarrassed of your of your of your decadence. You're not embarrassed of your degeneracy and of your of your of your attractions to whatever it is. Let's celebrate it. Let's let's celebrate it, right? Acknowledgement of the only God would have lifted him up again, but polytheism became the grave of his humanity. That's it. We began to serve everyone and everything, and that became right. The generation appeared incorrigible. Destruction was its lot. That's it. The, the world just completely, in uh, whatever it was, 1,500 years, completely deteriorated to the point where Hashem was completely gone from every aspect of the world and everything besides Hashem was being served. Every force within people, outside of people, every natural force. And that was the end. The head of only one family who still understood what it meant to walk before the one alone, right? Noyach, who strove for righteousness and also controlled and noble his animal nature, right? He was a tzaddik and tamim. Tamim is he was pure. He, 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 there was, that was the Sor Meirad and there was the Asetai, right? This man became a source of consolation, right? Nechama, right? When his generation was destroyed, he was saved with his family to bring about the reconstruction of mankind. So again, so just, uh, and, and by the way, just as, as a side point, we'll get more into Noyach and Daraflag in the next letter, but Nayach is saved with three sons, Shame, Cham, and Yafis, right? Shame we recognize as, you know, beginning of uh, Kla Yisrael, this is Shame, this is, uh, right? Yafis is beauty, that's, you know, uh, you know, the Greeks we call it, that's the, the epitome. And then Cham is the more physical, right? All three of them are put on the table, right? There's nothing, Hashem saved them all because they all were important for the rebuilding of the world, right? So we'll get to that message next week. But the point, again, let's just, just to recap, is that once Adam begins, chooses Yitzhak and Eitz Hadas, right? And he puts... 
right? He puts his own desires over what Hashem says, right? He chooses to listen to his own self. Hashem makes life more difficult as a means of training him. He makes life more difficult to show you this is what, this is what you think is important, right? This is the type of food, that's what it is. Come on, right? You know, it's interesting. There are, there are so many illnesses related to food, right? And diabetes and all these things. It's an interesting thing, right? The, the limitations on a person. You can't just eat and drink what you want. You know what I mean? Alcohol, right? these things. Are, you can't just, right? There's limits, right? Hashem put limits. And that's what saras are. Saras are meant to place limits on you. You know, we, we look at it, and we'll, we'll see more next slide, but like, you know, whenever a tragedy happens, right? Let's say something like uh, COVID. I think we mentioned this last week. Um, no, right? COVID or natural disasters, right? So everyone tries to find reasons for it, right? And it came because of this. Mida can I get Mida? All right, there's a long uh, history of such statements and Gemaras. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about, oh, we're not Nevi'im. Right? You could be Nevi'im, I don't care. That's, that's fine, right? But in a person's world, forget about the specific. Hashem made the world more difficult to survive, right? There are diseases. I mean, we're not used to diseases because we haven't had it in a while. But like, these things happen all the time. Hashem created, what, what's the idea? Hashem made illness. Hashem made natural disasters. He turned the world against us to show us what's important, right? Think about COVID, right? You know, it was like the height of Jewish traveling, the height of world traveling. Everyone, you went where you want, you did what you want, and COVID just puts a stop to it, right? It tells you you're not the boss, you're not the mal you can just do whatever you want, right? Not, that's not the way life works. You can just, you know, it's just that's, it, natural disasters, you know? You say, oh, it's so powerful, right? Hashem... We are not the right. We 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 the tsarists are put built into this world. We don't have to get into specific. Okay, Ashkachapratis. We don't even have to go there. Right. The fact that these things happen is because Hashem wants us to be humble and realize that these are not what's actually important. You keeping the rats and Hashem. That is what you are. That is what actually makes up who you are. So Hashem makes life more difficult. But unfortunately, that had the effect over the course of uh, 1,500 years of also focusing a person too much on this world. He spends 10 days in the office, 10 hours in the office. You know, he begins to think that that's what it's all about when he's successful, you know. And so therefore, he begins to forget that everything comes from Hashem, which means that he begins to uh, look at everything like it's not from Hashem. He begins to serve everyone and everything. He begins to serve his own desires, his own animal nature. And so just the point came where there was nothing left in the world to save other than one family who's going to rebuild humanity. All right, sorry I went a little bit long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.